0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of MC Fireside Chats. My name is Brian Searle with Insider Perks here, as always, with Karis Sismadia from the Canadian Camping and RV Council. Uh, we've got two guests with us today. Uh, Gavin just jumped on here at the last seconds of hoping we, he can hear us now and we can hear him. Uh, but he's from Mesc Outdoors, going to have him introduce himself. I'm assuming because he waved, he can hear us now, which is fantastic. So. Um, and then we've got Dan Smucker from Lancaster Log Cabins. Again, just going to let these gentlemen introduce themselves briefly here. Uh, but We're excited to be here talking about some alternative accommodations. These gentlemen are going to talk about a little bit about what they do. We'll ask some questions and then we're going to cover some different articles that have come up in the news recently just about uh, some of the services being offered you know, overseas here and just kind of take a look at that and have a, a discussion with each other. So, uh, Dan, you want to go first? Sure. Yes, my name is Dan Smucker. Um, I started Lexington like, Wild Cabins about uh, six years
1: ago. And we do a real log cabin on wheels, so it's classified as a park model and uh, selling the campgrounds their specialty. So that's, that's really our niche and it's
0: been going really well. So yeah, glad to be here. Awesome. Gavin? Oh no, I don't think we can hear Gavin.
2: Can't hear him. Jeez, back and forth.
0: All right, well, we'll wait and see if Gavin can get his audio fixed. Gavin, we could hear you on your phone, but you couldn't hear us it was like the opposite. No,
1: opposite
0: um, but he'll get it fixed. It's clearly our fault. We have the technology going on here and all that kind of stuff. So we'll we'll get it ironed out. But in the meantime, Dan, uh, you say real log cabin on wheels. Why is it a real? Like, is it wood? Is it solid? Yeah, yeah it so
1: it's, it's actually a log home. Um, you know, I started oh, okay. helping, um, you know helping my father a long time ago doing doing log home kits. Uh, so I just took what I knew from that and then just started doing smaller ones on the trailer frame, and that's when I started like strolling cabins. Um, so it's when I say real, it, it, it it's the real deal. It has, you know, real timbers. We don't do any fake log siding. Uh, there's no framing or pine board. Uh, it's all the real deal. So um, it's all eastern white pine uh, and real solid timbers. Um, so that's, that's part of the beauty about them, and you know, it adds to the to the rustic appeal, which, uh, which is what campgrounds really, really love. So it really, really fits out the appeal.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I just wanted to clarify because you go to the grocery store and you see the real cheese. Yeah. And you wonder like, well, what is the fake cheese? Why do they need right. that? So,
2: I'm yeah. interested to hear, Dan, if hearing about all of this lumber and, and things, how that's how you're being impacted by that.
1: Yeah, that's been a challenge to say to say the least. <laughs> it's been nothing short of a miracle that we haven't had to stop our line yet. But we're getting pretty close, to be honest, uh, just, just this week. Yeah. Um, on Monday morning, uh, you know, I started off my my week uh, scrambling, trying to find logs, and that's been a been an ongoing battle every week. I, I, I wage war on, on uh, you know, trying to find enough logs to get us by for the week. And so far, so good. But this week, it's probably tighter than it's ever been. So I'm just hoping and praying we can we can get some more. It's going to be going to be tight, but uh, you got to you got to get creative because. Uh, Right now, everyone is, is falling behind, and you know supply is still not uh, meeting demand, and it doesn't really seem like it's going to get uh, too much better um, soon. I, I hope and pray it does, but yeah, so logs have been the big thing, and, and other things have been a struggle as well, but logs in particular, because obviously our entire cabin is made out of logs, so if we can't, if do logs, we can't do anything, <laughs> so it's been a struggle, but uh, we're, we're finding ways to keep rolling so far. Hopefully, it can stay that way. Yeah.
0: I did notice the price is coming down, at least in lumber overall. So, I mean, what really, what really impacts you? Where's the bottleneck for you?
1: Yeah, so yeah, for lumber prices, it, it's, it's been better with certain things, but with uh, like all the things we use, it hasn't gotten much better, which is, uh, okay. which is tough. But, uh, and then metal's still going up, and that's not, uh, they say it's not stopping anytime soon. And a big thing with us, obviously, is since they're on wheels, you know, each one's on a, on a trailer frame. So you know we go through quite a bit of those, and that price keeps going up. Metal roofs keeps going up, um, but logs is by far the biggest bottleneck for sure. Uh, so yeah,
0: absolutely. Gavin, do we have you? Or are you back?
3: Let's see. Can you guys hear me now?
0: Yes, yeah. we can hear you. Can okay, you hear right. us? <laughs> all right, awesome. So Gavin, go ahead. Uh, introduce yourself. Tell us uh, what Mask Outdoors is.
3: Well, thanks guys. Yeah, thanks for having me on. As you can see, we're we're on location here in Black Diamond. So. Uh, Probably why the technology is not really keeping up. But uh, mask outdoors is is brand new this year. We're kind of in the validation phase of our business. We've been going since May, and uh, we're we're exploring some of those uh, comfort camping, turnkey camping uh, alternatives. Uh, Of course, growing up in Alberta, you know, glamping when I was a kid just meant an RV, you know, a trailer, uh, and that kind of thing. And And I think going forward, as as we start to look at a generational shift, as outdoor tourism continues to grow. Um, I think there are some other opportunities for uh, other ways to get people outside, maybe demographics that aren't traditionally camping type of people. Um, and that's really uh, that's really what we're exploring here with uh, glamping tents. We've got these bell tents set up this year, and uh, we're, we're just getting started.
0: So where do you hope to, to take your business if everything goes perfectly the way it is laid out in your head, right? Because I'm a business owner, and I, it never does that. But so let's pretend it does for a second. Where are you hoping to be in a couple of years?
3: I've already learned that, Brian, Yeah, two months in, and I already know that most of what I'm thinking about is that's a, that's a different story. But I think, uh, you know, long term, if everything went well, I'm looking at building a, a resort brand uh, out of Mesca. So uh, outdoor-based resorts, there's a lot, bridging a lot of different uh, travel and tourism experiences from around the world and okay. uh, bringing that uh, home uh, right here to Alberta. Right
2: on
0: now you uh i think there was an article gavin that you had in woodalls i can't remember what it was about but refresh our memory because it was probably important that's why we emailed you
3: i think i think that is where you picked this up yeah karen and i were speaking a, a few months back when i was still looking for a location and uh fortunately i mean as you know uh the more exposure that you get with any idea the the more traction you get and so i think yeah that, that article came out in woodalls which i believe was picked up uh, from a daily hive a lot of what they were focusing on that one was uh, our pet friendly model uh, we are we are a dog uh, pro dog site which uh we found i guess uh, with hotels and, and especially again more luxury experiences a lot of folks uh, have not uh, been able to bring their pets so i think that's what a lot of that article particularly picked up on
0: okay. and
3: then uh probably as well just uh kind of what we're doing and we're getting started and introducing ourselves
0: but now I think the difference between you and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the difference between you and Dan is Dan is building the product and delivering them to the campgrounds. You're actually the whole turnkey system. You're not, but you're not actually building the tents and glamping units. Right? That's right. Yeah, exactly. Can you tell us where, where you're
2: sourcing mm-hmm. the tent from right now? Which company?
3: These tents are from Belgium. So it's a, it's a company called Canvas Camp. Uh, there's a few different uh, suppliers that you can find for these kind of things. Uh, Scout Tent is another one uh, out of Arizona um of course if you if you wanted to do the uh, the online shipping option i'm sure you could find uh some from overseas as well but so we went with canvas camp this year we had a supplier in calgary um, who was a distributor for them and uh, so that made it easy for us to start but uh yeah so i don't build them but um this is is certainly the style that uh, that we prefer okay
0: very cool so Dan, uh, Dan, we know you you recently just expanded, right? From all your demands. So tell us a little bit about. I know we emailed you about that article, but fill us in. What's going on? I mean, obviously there's a huge demand.
1: That's right. Yeah, it's been it's been uh, crazy to say the least. Uh, and we were busy before COVID, but but after you know, it, it's been even crazier, which is which is a blessing. Um, but yeah, so we we moved into a new facility about ten months ago. And you know, at first that was a little rough. You know, like like it always is when you, when you make that kind of move. But but now that we're situated, so then it's it's been, it's been a dream come true. So we we basically almost tripled our production in a matter of um, one year. Um, so we we're doing about two cabins a week back uh, at our old facility, which uh, you would laugh if you saw that place because most of the stuff we were doing was outside as far as the assembly goes. Uh, so here it's it's real manufacturing plant assembly line style. And now we're doing six cabins a week, so that was that was huge for nice. us. Uh, Our lead time has always been extremely long, you know, sometimes a year. And and now uh, since we have this new building and, you know, we're a really good group of guys here, um, you know, we've been able to whittle down at that lead time, which has been huge for us. So, so yeah, you know, we're hoping to do even more next year, hopefully 10 cabins a week come, come January. That's what we're pushing for. We need to find some more good guys. So, yeah, it's going good.
2: But you is, do have
0: the. Go ahead, Karen. Yeah.
2: No, I was just going to ask if staffing's been an issue for you, like, like we've seen yeah. in the RV park industry.
0: Yeah, it, it has been tough
1: finding new guys, but I can say it, I have been really blessed with the guys that I do have. We have about 30 employees right now. And the group that I have is, is a really great group. So I am very fortunate with the, with the guys we have. So I almost have the mindset right now that I'm just playing defense as far as the workforce goes. I just want to keep the guys that I have. And we're looking for other guys, but we're not going to hire out of desperation because uh, we have a certain type of culture here, and it has to be the right culture fit. Uh, and that's that's why we've been doing so well, because we have a really good, really good team atmosphere here, and we have you know a lot of good chemistry, and that that uh, equals you know higher efficiency and put out a better product, higher quality product, and that's what we're all about. We don't want to grow too fast, and then. You know, jeopardize the quality. That, that's what really number one for us, and that's why we've been so busy
0: and been so blessed. So hopefully, we can we can keep it keep it going that way. So, yeah, that's awesome. So tell us, like, uh, obviously, we had the conversation, right? That your actual your real logs and and that sets you apart. But is there something else? Is there a reason that besides that, that really makes Lancaster log Cabin stand out from your competitors?
1: Yeah, so I think it's a couple of things I think that's one big thing is that that's a niche of ours and there's not um, you know many other guys who do part models who do a real log cabin um, you know it's you know made more like a trailer and a lot of those companies are great and they have a good product but it's just very different than what we do um, so I think that's a big part of it I also think it has a lot to do with you know just just the durability of the cabins which is you know a big big reason why we like to use all real logs we do real wood floors all you know uh, salad pie pile- interior, interior. Everything's made to last for life, and campgrounds love that. Um, you know, because campers are yeah. going to beat the crap out of them. You know, these, these can definitely take a beating. Um, so they're just they're just way different than anything else out there. And I think uh, you know it kind of it kind of grabs that that unique um, feel as well, which I know a lot of campgrounds are going for nowadays. They don't just want a typical park model. You know, they want something that's different, something that stands out. You know, that's just that that unique rental, um, kind of like what what Gavin's doing. You know, it kind of fits that bill. And that's really, really the trend I see in future, especially, um, you know, just way more uh, unique rentals and something that uh, just really, really stands out and gives you gives you a very different experience as a camper.
0: And I think that's
1: exactly why we're so busy because I think I think our cabins fit that bill, um, and then also, um, you know, I, I think as far as the quality goes, I think we're top notch. Um, you know nothing against other you know park model guys, but um, there's a few companies out there who probably don't don't have that uh, as, as high a priority as on their list. Uh, but for us, we will never jeopardize that. I think I think that shows you know um, that, that we're willing to go the extra effort with the quality, with the service. Um, you know, it's not just about popping out a bunch of cabins; it's it's all about the quality. So I think that goes a long way as well.
0: Yeah, I think there's a lot of pluses to that. I mean, there's obviously uh, different types of campground owners who want different types of things at different types of price points, but there's always going to be that market for that really nice premium quality. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily market that you can take a beating thing because you have right. right. a bad review who tries to call you out on it or something. Yeah. Right. Um,
2: yeah. No, I. It's really interesting to me, Dan, that you touch on this really experiential. Uh, excursion that campers are seeking now I think both of you both of your companies really address that kind of need in the market or desire from from consumers to, to seek that stuff out um, I'm interested Gavin in I think in the article I saw uh, there was mention of some unique like community partnerships and or or um, you know partnering with tour or excursion companies and, and other sorts of businesses to kind of create this. Um, inclusive kind of trip experience for your guests how is that going for you
3: yeah no that's it's kind of what I refer to as the facilitator uh, business model or an integrated business model which is, is certainly a theory that I'm testing uh, as maybe the future of these kind of things where you know a place to sleep is just that and then we can make it great um, but on its own, it uh, it gets pretty boring pretty fast or can do you know, for some folks. And I think, I think tourism wise, uh, you know, what we're hearing is people are looking for things to do more than just places to be. Um, and, and so that's really we're going, OK, well, what's our uh, part in, in that network? And then rather than just sitting here and having a passive, uh, oh, oh, here's what we know that's in the area kind of list or a guide. Uh, we are intentionally pursuing partnerships. We are intentionally integrating uh, with the community that's here, and we're saying, "Look, we we kind of developed what what I refer to as this concierge uh, level service, which at this point sounds quite a little bit weird for camping, uh, but that's certainly where we're going uh, with this idea. of When people book, we we are proactively saying, "Hey, look, uh, here's who we partnered with. Here's some things you can do. Would you like us to look into that for you? You know, we can make that reservation on your behalf." We can we can do those bookings. So it's curated things uh, that are very intentional, um, as opposed to just yeah I, I heard that guy was good down the road. It's here. Let me give him a call for you, and I know exactly what you're going to get. And and I think that's certainly what we're focusing. On. That's one of the things that sets us maybe a little bit more when we talk about what differentiates. Um, is that we are looking to build a network and a community of complementary businesses, maybe not all doing the exact same thing. It's just like hey look. Uh, what you do fits in real well with what I do and how can we build something that benefits all of us?
2: I really love that concept uh, th- that you've embraced. I think it's so vital to like um, establishing this really holistic community-style approach to tourism and hosting guests, specific to the camping space that we haven't seen before. And maybe, maybe that's something <laughs> I think you're a bit ahead of us down there, but Uh, You know, here in Canada, it's it's very much in its infancy. And um, I think we're also seeing lots of really um, specific focus from our government agencies and and folks like Travel Alberta and and Destination Canada and stuff to uh, shift, I think COVID kind of pushed them to shift on the outdoor recreation market quite a bit more than they ever had before. And so so things that folks like you are doing are catching their attention and creating this environment where um, you know, the, the policy frameworks and stuff like that, just, I think, start to shift to support those things, as well as things like dollars, grant funding, um, you know, better uh, treatment tax-wise and things like that than we've seen in the past. I mean, here in Canada, we've had some pretty significant federal uh, taxation issues specific to campgrounds, and we've been working on that for a long time. So I think things like this will help to shift their perspective of our industry. And, and so it's so much more valuable than just, I mean, the day-to-day stuff you're doing is valuable, but it has this big broad impact on the industry as a whole that i for me, it's really important to highlight that stuff and 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 give that some voice and, and uh, stage 10 too. So I wanted to, to touch on that for sure.
0: Yeah, I think there's a lot of room for innovation in this industry. I mean, obviously, you guys have your niches and your specialties that you're, in Gavin's case, finding still, but has a pretty good idea of where he's headed. Uh, in Dan's case, obviously, successful enough to continue expanding and hopefully continuing to build on that. Uh, obviously, heard a lot of great things about your company, Dan, That's so why we have you on here. Um, but I think overall, as, as, as you look at the accommodation sector, right, like this is, yes, you're, both of your companies are, are continuing to be successful here, um, but it's widespread, as we all know. We've been talking about this for months, right, Cara, the, the, the industry as a whole, um, RV sales and rentals and the demand and the outdoors as a result of, or maybe not a result of COVID, it was just coming anyway. When mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking about, like we were reading in, in Woodall's, the Colorado Company is breaking ground a new headquarters too. Yeah. Um, and so you know that's they had an event with two hundred people where they're, you know, obviously increasing their manufacturing capacity. Um Cavco I think acquired Commodore course, or maybe we know Dan, It's Commodore like an actual another manufacturer manufactured modular housing. So Cavco okay. a- I didn't even hear about
1: that, but yeah, I know they're, they're buying out everybody, so know, right?
0: yeah, they it was just uh yesterday I think I saw it in Woodall. Okay, so wow. anyway. okay. But yeah.
2: Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think um we're obviously really seeing a, a demand in the market and it's great to have you know the ability from some innovators to to start harnessing that stuff asap um, i think it's only going to grow you know it'll be interesting to see what the next couple of years brings on, on this front but uh, i'm excited to to see where those things go um Gavin, can i ask you currently you're operating just out of one property in alberta correct
3: yeah so we're in we're in black diamond alberta this year um which is just south of calgary it's about an hour's drive or so from calgary uh, okay. and that's it's it's kind of our test uh, uh concept phase uh, and, and a big part of that what we did with this and i think you and i were speaking about that a few months ago, cara was again with that facilitator model is there room Uh, rather than me developing an an entire campground myself, you know, is there room for this service model? Essentially, that's what I'm doing. I'm providing the service and the experience for the end consumer. But is there room uh, on a supply side for a campground owner who maybe is like, you know what, I don't know that I really want to change uh, clean bed sheets over every day. um, But hey, Gavin, you know, uh, if you want to come and do that on my property, we've already got the infrastructure here. We've already got this set up in the campground itself this just kind of augments that already exists and so that's what we explored with this location so we are an existing campground we don't run the entire campground all the trailer uh our week rentals and, and those sites are done separately from us we're just doing our our service with existing infrastructure which is another I, idea we're exploring
2: yeah i really love this unique perspective on it it kind of Brings another, uh, you know, potential. Obviously, great partnership opportunities and new streams for operators, campground owners. Yourself, um, I think it's a great way to kind of get into the glamping uh, or alternative com- accommodations world without, like you said, taking on that full service thing, which you know a lot of campground owners are are daunted by because they're really short staffed and and already kind of. Their buckets are full, and and can't really take more things on. So, um, I really love that. You know, we see a lot of glamping accommodations popping up in campgrounds, but I think it's unique the, the model that you've you've created, and so it's really um, awesome to to see. I hope I hope uh, I'm sure I'm confident things will uh, continue to go great for you on that front.
0: Yeah, I think it's really interesting just how this industry continues to evolve, right? I mean, we, we know that and we've discussed in the show previously how many different types of owners there are in different types of parks and locations and what people want and don't want is different for every single person. But even as you see this evolution to glamping with the different types of, you know, tents and accommodations and cabins and wheels and not wheels and whatever, that continues to evolve uh, and, and, and it's moving so fast in such a way that you know, previously there was, well, I own a campground and I'm going to live on the campground. And then there was an owner in the campground, I'm going to hire a manager. And then now there's management companies to do that. And then there might be management companies or there are existing like Gavin who only do a piece of something. Yeah. And so I yeah. think as we continue to innovate and evolve, it's just it's just going to keep changing. And the more adaptable you are, the better you're going to find a fit for your part.
2: Well, and it continues to make the the camping lifestyle and, and uh, the desire to get out and camp um, Really positive, and and that evolution helps keep it exciting. And you know, folks don't not all folks want to camp the same way all the time for forty years. And so, you know, to see that it's growing and and evolving, <laughs> I think really helps you know continue to capture the attention of of our guests, which is incredibly vital
0: for sure. Yeah, I mean, from an yeah. awareness, per- go ahead, Gavin.
3: Sorry, yeah. Thanks,
2: Brian. Uh, I was just gonna say, I think what's what we have an interesting
3: opportunity as well, especially where we are. You know, our landscape uh, is an asset, um, and we see a lot of engagement on social media. Uh, you know, Kara, you mentioned Travel Alberta. Of course, they're just pumping out content constantly. But then, yeah. just like any business, it's that conversion from you know follows and likes and and fantasy escape. Wow, what a beautiful picture. To yeah, I'm actually booking this. I'm actually going. And and I yeah. think Brian, that's that's exactly where the opportunity is, as you say, as the industry evolves. Is to convert from maybe people that normally are just escaping on their phone and looking at a beautiful picture to hey, actually I can see myself doing that because of the way the industry has changed. We were removing some of those traditional barriers of, as you say, one spot that you're in for 40 years or you're owning a big rig RV yourself. Or you know, again, by breaking down some of those barriers, I think we have a real opportunity to convert from uh, as I said, just likes and follows to people actually being out there
2: and spending dollars. <laughs>
0: So when you, look at, when you look at your business model, Dan, obviously you're already successful, you're already at that capacity and backlog, like we've already talked about, right? So let's assume that you get caught up relatively quickly. Is there a way that you're looking at in the industry as a whole that you could see Lancaster not not changing, but adding to the types of service offerings they have? Yeah, most
1: definitely. So, I mean, you always have to adapt. You touched on that before. You know, if you can't adapt, uh, it's not going to go very well for you, especially for you. right now that things are changing so rapidly. Um, so that was, that was kind of how we came up with, with doing, you know, these cabins, you know, at first we were doing cabin kits and then evolved the park models because the cabin kits weren't going so anymore. So, so we started doing them on wheels and then it, then it took off and I'm sure there'll be another day that comes where, you know, we'll have to adapt again and, and change to something else. I'm not really sure what that'll be, but. At this point, uh, we're just going to keep making them as as extravagant as possible and as as unique as possible to really push that that rustic appeal, that that outdoorsy feel in each cabin. So I think that still sets us apart from most other guys. But just trying to find ways to um, to enhance that even even more so and really set set ourselves apart. And uh, who knows? Eventually, we' even doing you know tree houses or um, yeah, um, really anything. So we're we're really
2: really open to, to anything right now just like you
0: said before you have to adapt for sure yeah
2: i think anywhere- okay Go i'm going to ask a whimsical brian style question oh, and, no. and <laughs> i just would like to know when you say extravagant what what are you referring to what what's not a brian
0: question you? i would speculate and like make back him into a corner
2: you just cut me off what sorts of things qual- qualify as as extravagant
1: um, yeah, I would just say nicer kitchens, um, yeah, nicer kitchens, nicer bathrooms. You know, things you wouldn't even see in your own home. Um, you know, so it's kind of funny you're going camping and, and you're, you're in a in a cabin that has a nicer kitchen, nicer bathroom in your own home. It's just a little different. It just just has that fresh feel to it. Um, so just just really going top of the line with with more things and just doing the little things that, that really make a difference. I think with the end user, just saying wow, like they. You know, they did uh, granite countertop or they did, um, you know, it could be anything uh, just to really, really, you know, give yourself that edge. Uh, so you're not just doing everything, you know, as, as plain Jane as possible. You're really stepping out and making it uh, really, really unique. Right on. That's
0: I mean, awesome. I want the entire Lancaster log cabin experience, right? Like you can expand into all different product lines here, right? You need the main store when you go into the cabin, into okay. the campground, Right that's all made of solid logs and all the shelves inside are solid wood the counter, everything like that. Uh, and then when they leave and go to their site, maybe they could float down a river like in India where they have them steer with the Lancaster like the wood poles, and they can float on like a, a solid wood raft right to their cabin. And then it hooks up to a platform in the, to the tree house, right? Where they can be raised up like on a
1: platform. Oh, yeah. the
2: system,
0: and then they can stay in a Lancaster log cabin. That's
2: so, right. So- this is what I was. This is what has come to my head with extravagant because of all the time I spend chatting with this man. <laughs> that's extravagant, <laughs> but I'm all for granite countertops and all that stuff too. So I like a nice, nice bathroom in my cabin for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean that works too. Like you can have granite countertops. That's fine. And in the solid wood log cabin that's in the tree, right. you can have. I mean. If it's a long river ride, you might have granite countertops on the raft too.
3: Yeah. So. <laughs> so that sounds yeah. like an experience. That's what you're talking about, Brian. And again, it's all about that experience, not just. And Gavin experience. can manage it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Perfect. Yeah, sounds great. Um, yeah, no, I it, that stuff is is awesome. I really, you know, we were. I think we were chatting kind of before the show started, Dan, about there being a real kind of. Um, gap in the market here in Canada for, for access to products like yours. So, uh, you know, that's, you know, Gavin's sourcing his tents from Belgium because it's difficult to get, get uh, suppliers up here in Canada. So we do have a couple of companies now that are are doing it, but are kind of behind and and can't produce as fast as things are selling. So, um, you know, there's room in the market for some more. So I hope, uh, I hope to see, you know, maybe some good partnership here with, with the association. Yeah,
1: I think it's going to happen sooner or later, so that's what we're hoping for. But, uh,
2: yeah. Yeah, no, that's exciting. Really great. Well, even for us on that care,
3: I mean, that's I would certainly prefer a you know closer to home solution. Absolutely. So I think there's certainly room for, I'd say, yeah, in Canada especially, we don't have a lot of production, and I would I prefer to see that change.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, you know, it's interesting because folks are starting to pay attention to uh where they're spending their dollars and 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 you know some some folks are prioritizing you know supporting canadian or supporting american or or whatever so um you know those things start to factor into to stuff i think more than we've seen in the past but uh yeah i i think there's lots of room for growth here still so i'm excited to uh see that happening too as as time goes on
0: Yeah. The awareness is playing a huge role too, right? I mean, we've seen that through COVID with more people getting outdoors, but you're just seeing some larger brands and larger publications, write more about camping, cover more about RV parks. Um, you know, some of the larger companies are branding and creating their own unique experiences. Did you see the, did you see the pottery barn thing, Kara? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I totally agree. It's between that and, you know, our, like I said earlier, our tourism industry associations and, and government agencies starting to shift the focus. They were kind of forced to pay more attention because the hotel and airline businesses were kind of shuttered for a while there. Um, and, and so, you know, it, it's really opened the door to a different perception, even mm-hmm. at a governmental level, of what our industry is and how much of an impact it has on its both its local kind of community economies, but also in the in the big picture in terms of things like jobs and you know, all of that stuff. So across the board um, great things happening for us. I think it's awesome. Yeah. Like I agree. Go
3: ahead. I was just gonna say I think it's another interesting, you know, opportunity there in the content creator community where we are uniquely positioned as outdoor businesses. Um, you know, as we've kind of gone through this phase on social media, from influencer marketing now, of course the, the term is more content creator or the creator community. Um, you know, again, that asset that we have as outdoor communities, that's where everybody wants to be. You know, when you, when you see, uh, for us here in Southern Alberta with the mountains and hiking, um, there's lots of influencers that have done those kind of things. Again, I think we have a real opportunity to talk about getting attention or getting government agencies to pay attention and that content that we're, creating, you know, as, as folks in the outdoor industry, uh, we have a great backdrop for that, and I think uh, you know integration with the community is is a real plus.
2: Absolutely agree.
0: I mean, I think we should just force it on these government people, right? Like CCRVC should just buy Airstreams for everybody in the provincial and federal government. There you
2: go. We need many, many more members for that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Dan's going to join as a supplier member, so that's a little bit <laughs> right? up the goal a little bit, right?
2: Just a little, yeah. yeah right. Sorry.
1: One more notch closer, yeah. You bet. No yeah,
0: right. So let's so let's cover some of the you know we're going to talk about some of these articles and some of the different things and just kind of get your gentleman's uh, take on some of this stuff. Let's we were talking about the pottery barn thing, right? There's a video. I haven't watched it. Hopefully, it's not inappropriate. But let's watch it, uh, and then uh, we'll kind of see uh, what your guys' take on it and what you think of some of these different uh, companies getting involved in some of this branding and stuff.
4: Wouldn't want to work with Airstream. I mean you see a trailer going down the road and just think that that is so cool and for us to design a special edition trailer with the Pottery Barn interior look was just so exciting to us. We are inspired by the Pacific Coast Highway. The colors of the ocean and the sand and the fog really helped create the palette for this collection. Stream, we want each of our customers to experience the adventure and the freedom that the open road gives them. That's why quality is our main focus, down to every last hand-placed rivet. We were so lucky to collaborate with Pottery Barn. With their experience and home savvy, we've created one of the most beautiful and coziest trailers yet. The Airstream team had so much talent on their side from the engineers and designers, and our team came at it with the focus and the experience and the knowledge of fabrications and finishes and hardware details and all of the things that make it feel like Pottery Barn. We are two iconic American brands and coming together and making that partnership of two companies that feel so strongly about craftsmanship and design that made it really easy to work together. If you like Airstream and design, beauty, and attention to detail, you're gonna love this Pottery Barn travel trailer.
0: So, so I think this brings up a lot of questions. Go ahead, right?
2: Question, I was just right? gonna say, I have I was just, uh video because, I am coveting on myself. It's like my dream, my dream RV, my dream camping unit. So, um, you know. The Airstream I mean,
0: or the Airstream yeah. plus Pottery Barn? Because I've been in Pottery yeah. Barn a couple times. I don't know if I'm loyal enough to Pottery Barn as a brand or even remember what it looks like to specifically buy an Airstream by them. But
2: Yeah, no, this one. I want that one.
0: That exact one?
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the one I want. If anybody has a hookup or can get me an in, I'll take it. It's
3: oh, interesting.
2: In streams, I thought, I thought
3: that, was, that was the thing that he was working on too. There you go. Maybe that's your Alberta connection.
2: Yeah, no, I think so. Yeah, I'm, uh, you know, I'll, I've got all my feelers out to trying to find one. <laughs>
0: But I think overall as a whole, right, you watch this and you see a company like Pottery Barn getting involved with a company like Airstream, and obviously that was more of a marketing piece, right, talking about the expertise of both companies and trying to sell it, but people are going to watch that who are are involved in Pottery Barn and may never have been camping before or regularly go shopping there and have never thought about, you know, those kinds of things can be inside an RV, uh, and and it's just going to expand the audience, and those are different ways that I think partnerships can expand, right? I mean, I don't think Dan necessarily fits with a Pottery Barn partnership, but there's all kinds of people we can think of that he probably does,
2: Listen, we could outfit one of Dan's it's with with all things Pottery Barn. It would be stunning and gorgeous. I could see it. I can foresee it. It'd be amazing. Um, But yeah, I think between that and things like, you know, you're seeing all over Instagram and social media, you know, all these celebs are out in their airstreams and their RVs over the summer and that's how they're getting to their tour locations now and all kinds of things. Like there is this shift in exposure and perception from, you know, maybe the way things were 10 or 20 years ago and and that's voting really well for for the industry as a whole. We're seeing it in, in booking numbers and RV sales and all of those things.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's it's not just the companies. It's the, you know, we, you, you talk about uh, the people who, uh, what did you say, that get into their uh, concerts and stuff like that on tour? Uh, yeah. We saw that. Yeah, like, if you look at, can you guys, let's see, I have to probably share that a different way. Um, you know, that was in Fox News the other day. So, you know, Mick Jagger celebrates his 78th birthday with a glam trip in a, in a yurt, and it was spread uh, across all kinds of different sites. But those are the kinds of things that continue to raise awareness I think and and just Well it
2: it starts to really make that terminology more mainstream, right? Lots of people like like are like what is glamping and what the heck is a yurt and whatever, right? So articles like this that uh have such a broad reach can can just you know, maybe that exposure to a yurt, somebody never thinks about it doesn't think about that and then two years later is like, "Hey, I saw that thing. I remember what that is. That looks really cool." Like and now they're gonna book a yurt like it's just such a great way to expand uh our industry reach which is just fabulous i mean thanks mick
0: <laughs> well that's well i mean he'll, he'll sell glamping units for campground owners he'll create he'll cause people who really want to experience the same thing that he did to go stay in those tents and create a higher demand for it and and it's gonna escalate. Like obviously, he's only one guy, but he's got a following, and more people will see it, and it'll kind of start. A, it's already started. The ball rolling downhill. It just keeps getting bigger.
2: As if Mick Jagger's seventy-eight. Really?
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> that's was.
0: Wow. I mean, we can take the conversation in that direction if you want, Kara. <laughs> but I'm gonna hop off. I got more important <laughs> things to do. That's what I'm sorry. Um, just
2: yeah. Sorry. Mind I think it's
3: bit. an interesting point. It's in the terminology, you know, glamping gear, it's that kind of thing. I mean, uh, that is that is key. I mean, when we were uh, researching locations, a lot of phone calls I had, I said, you know, we're we're looking to set up glamping tents. No idea. No one had any idea what I was talking about, and mm-hmm. and so that exposure and, and terminology familiarity, I think, is key. It's been an interesting thing here in this location. We're kind of in a town campground, so there's lots of people that walk around. That aren't necessarily part of the campground and it's almost yeah. kind of served like a bit of a showroom for that people have, have seen the tents and they come over and they go what is this you know and mm-hmm. i say oh, well this is hopefully the future uh one of the future ways that the industry is evolving um but you're right that familiarity already uh, at the moment we're kind of on the on the threshold and we need to push that over over the edge.
2: Gavin, do you foresee potentially transitioning to other tra- like other types of glamping units like outfitters tents and geodesic domes and that kind of thing? Or are you gonna no. there?
3: Yeah, no, definitely. That's a great point, Gary. Uh, absolutely. You know, I said for me it's it's about creativity and that's when I watch that video, the airstream video, it's just firing my creative brain off like crazy. I love that collaboration kind of stuff. Uh, I find that very exciting. So, yeah, I'm not limited to these Side of events. I chose these just because it's my preference to start uh, both on a cost uh, as a startup venture kind of uh, perspective as well as just personal preference of what I like to stay in. Um, right. But absolutely, you know, going forward um, and, and I think we touched on I think Brian, you might have said something earlier. Again, the idea of the theme, uh, you know, that's that is something that seems to be very important in the glamping uh, field, especially because people are, oh, what's the theme here? You know, what are we? Uh, not just where am I staying, but again, what am I doing? And, and so I think there's all sorts of different structures. You know, Dan, even as you know, with what you're going, there's there's so many ways that we can uh, build a cool blimping resort.
2: Absolutely, yeah, it's really cool. I mean, the sky is really the limit, which is kind of what makes it so exciting. Um, and, and you know, I, Brian says all the time, you know, we we need to be kind of constantly adaptable and and evolving and things like that. And I think um, suddenly there's this new kind of excitement in an industry that really felt, I mean, I was a campground owner for 15 years. It felt pretty much the same most of that time. <laughs> um, this, this stuff feels pretty new, uh, specifically to me and, uh, and it's, it's exciting. I'm sure both on the consumer mm-hmm. side as well as the operator side. So, um, and it's not just the that
0: are innovating. It's the, it's the locations and where those things are putting, like Gavin was talking about, right? If you look at this uh, recent article I came, came across in one of the alerts is Camp Rockaway in Saratoga, New York. Yeah. Uh, and i got to get back to this tab here and just show you guys. But if you scroll down here, we can scroll through some of these images and take a look. I haven't even seen them. But just the location of where those tents are placed, right? It looks like there's a ladder there that you can climb down and get right into the river. Um, I don't know if that's... Almost looks like stone couches, right? I don't know if that actually they are made of stone there, but yeah. some kind of oh, they're burial walls. Okay, just kind of benches and stuff like that with chairs inside them. But yeah, um, yeah just creating this different kind of experience, setting, mm-hmm. colors, and then it appeals to more and more people.
2: Well, and it just makes it so accessible. I mean, you don't need you, need, you don't you. Much don't need anything. Jump in the car and show up, and <laughs> it's there and, and ready for you, and and can be, you know. I think we're all kind of we've been talking for the last year and a half about things like staycations and exploring close to home, and and things like that. I know I've personally um, really kind of re-fallen in love with the area where I live because I've I've, I've reexposed myself to it uh, over the last couple of years, so. I think that's a pretty common thread, and and this is a great way to be able to do that in a new, unique, different way. Um, so I really applaud what Gavin's doing. Um, you know, I'm excited to see his his business grow, and and there's lots of cool stuff happening all over the place. With this we've got. I know we had a, a member uh, join with the, the lighthouse accommodations out out east, right, Brian? The 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 spot that's
0: oh yeah yeah over in Nova Scotia, I think it was yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean they're, they're converting old lighthouses to to cabin style uh, accommodations with uh, units inside. There's some really great creative stuff happening, and you know, it's my mind. I really applaud everybody contributing to this.
0: Yeah, there was an article I read, I think yesterday. You know, again, we've seen so many of these come out, but this was in the Wall Street Journal, more mainstream. Said. I've got it pulled up in front of me because I'm not going to share my screen for this, a lot of visuals, but the RV vacation meets glamping as more Americans embrace outdoor trips, and so they're talking about outdoorsy, obviously, the Airbnb of RV rentals, Uh, you know, uh, they're interviewing the founder of Collective Retreats about different locations, and they're partnering with, uh, you know, to create an experience on Governor's Island in New York Harbor, so uh, these things just, and I have to pay to read the rest, so we're not going to read the rest, but apparently, so. but but you can see how like it's just again, the same theme that we're talking about, different experiences, different tents, different types of services and companies who are continually putting this at the forefront of the consumer's mind.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I uh, it's it's an exciting world to be in right now. I'm loving it. For sure. Well,
3: anytime- one of the
0: things Oh go ahead, Gavin, Yeah.
3: Sorry, Brian. even uh, some some as simple as you touched on, just outdoor furniture, right? They got those barrier walls. Uh, in those mm-hmm. photos, imagining what a campsite is, you know, uh, we can get away from that traditional cake. We've poured, put some gravel in the trees here, back your trailer, and there's a fire pit and picnic table. Well, what else mm-hmm. can we do? You know, uh, all, all those things that we think of as consumers for our backyard, uh, outdoor furniture-wise, well, let's mm-hmm. reimagine what a campsite actually is as well. And, and I think you're starting to see that there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I certainly get excited about reimagining some of those kind of things as well.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely.
0: Yeah, that's a fascinating. That's a whole other discussion, right? Because we've talked about like if you look at um, some of the sites like Hip Camp, um, mm-hmm. and, you know, who are, who are obviously a super controversial topic, right, uh, for campground artists in some cases. But yeah. they're reimagining what campsites are, where they're located, what they do. I mean, uh, there's this um, article I came across, and it's overseas in the UK, right? Bucket of Blood Pub and hail gets permission for glamping pods. Uh, and this is obviously in the UK. It's a pub, but I mean, th- there's a use case for this, right? I mean, yeah. obviously you're drinking and you can crash, and you don't have to worry about driving and putting other people in danger. Um, and here I have to clean, complete a survey to read the rest. Of it. But anyway, you can see the picture. Like it's and so reimagining those things and 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 what um, what constitutes a camping experience, where you can put some of these mm-hmm. cabins and, and accommodations, is is really the sky's the limit.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So what else have we seen this out there that you guys have, have found is unique?
2: Oh, gosh,
0: Nothing, it's all up to me. <laughs> <laughs> and I found like five or six articles. Here, let's do this then, we'll play this. I got one more video for you guys. Uh, it's called a living vehicle. Again, I haven't watched it yet, so hopefully it's appropriate for all ages. Um, But it's called Living Vehicle, it's about, uh, it's uh, an innovation in kind of a, a build of an RV and it's focused on solar and green energy and stuff like that. So let's take a look at this and see what you guys think. So I guess I was hoping it would funny. probably focus a little bit more on the features of the actual trailer, which it didn't. It was more like a fluff, outdoors piece. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, like I read, I read the article, um, and, and and it's focused more on like I've got it pulled up here. I'm not going to share my screen, but like uh, it's, uh, it's up to it maxes out of half a million dollars. It's a luxury trailer that redefines off-grid glamping, is what they're calling it. 2022 model looks like more like a modern house. You saw some of that stuff, but it's got solar-powered air conditioning, two bedrooms a home theater, skylights, a day, automatic lowering indoor and outdoor deck, all kinds of different things, uh, you know, up to en- enough power to like stay off grid for weeks at a time, if you, depending on the model you get. So um, all kinds of just different things as they continue to innovate stuff and more people get into camping who never would have considered it before.
2: It's interesting to see that like really high level luxury access to tech and stuff like that. And and you know, there's obviously a, a market for that. And then on the other side, I um your question earlier made me think about there's a there's a spot in Cape Breton in Nova Scotia that um has these cocoon tree beds. So they're okay. like suspended between all of these trees and you have to like climb hundreds of steps or whatever to get up to them, but then you in this suspended like hanging cocoon style accommodation with arguably no access to luxury features and all of those things it's just really really um, fundamentally like connected with nature and, and those kinds of things so you know I'm it's saying really, about those uh sorry let's see oh yes Wow. Yeah. So, so you, apparently, uh, you know, obviously I haven't been there, but apparently they have a few units suspended in the trees. You can rent these for, for, you know, however many nights and you kind of have to climb up and and get to stay in there. So anyway, my point is just, you know, there's obviously this market for the $500,000 living vehicle or this really simplistic, um, Excursion type disconnection experience, which is so interesting to me. Um, I and I think arguably the same individual might take both of those experiences because they're yeah. different, and and that's what makes this so you know valuable to the industry is is it's desirable across demographics like that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and it doesn't matter, like obviously it's location dependent, but it, you know, it, it's all for all kinds of different. It doesn't matter how much land you have or what type of layout you have. There's if, if you really want to commit to creating a unique glamping experience, yes, it, RVs to a certain extent, right? But there's still always going to be that challenge with RVs of you've got to have the driveway and the patios and the full series has got to be level. Whereas glamping, like as you can see, they can be suspended from trees. I don't know. Like I'd be nervous of like what if it falls and you start rolling down the hill at night. Um, but. You Nova Scotia wind going
3: out.
2: Horrible, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know. I mean, you
0: could theoretically in Nova Scotia, it could roll down the hill. You could plop into the ocean, and when you wake up, you could be in Florida. <laughs> that
2: would be okay. It's like yeah. a free
0: cruise. It might work,
2: yeah. yeah. Just more experience, <laughs> another experience.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, you could charge extra for that experience. That
2: yeah, no, I think um, it, you know it's it's really cool to see this broad uh unique spectrum of stuff happening and and uh like you said this guy's the limit it almost boggles my mind to think about all of the potential things that that can happen uh in this industry it's that really just limited by our own abilities for creativity and and uh
0: imagination and yeah
2: imagination yeah
3: know you one one thing that kind of spoke to me brian was from that video that uh you know the more living vehicle as like you said the audi um again especially the last year or you know with the more work from home that we've been forced into that's what that one almost spoke to me more as uh you don't have to wait for vacation time to go out in your recreational vehicle it's that blending of what i mean you saw the guy putting his uh, you know uh shirt and tie on and it looked like he was getting down well, to the, the huge car. desk space you like i would buy that for the desk oh, yes. space Right, yeah. and then and go out on your a paddleboard uh, when you're done work kind of thing. It's you don't have to separate your mm-hmm. vacation time and, and your and your real life anymore. That's that's kind of what I thought out of that one So it's, uh, it's blending with the two.
2: Yeah, absolutely, I agree. Um, I don't know what's happened to my video. I'm still here, but uh, oh. <laughs> Leslie's mentioning these free spirit years. Uh, they. Uh, Look incredibly cool, very similar to those cocoon style um, tree beds, uh, which is awesome. They're uh, fascinating to me. I would love to see one of these in person, for sure. Um, I definitely would stay in, in one of these spheres. Sure. Be like, now I've
0: got to look it up. I was just going to leave the thing there. But now I've got to see what these things actually look like. Spirits- com.
2: Yeah, they're so cool.
0: You better live up to the hype after this. I'm going.
3: So then the ultimate question here, I guess, what, what do you think? What would you think for a stay in something like that? Uh,
2: you know, it's funny. I, know. I get accused all the time of being spendy. <laughs> um, you know, I'm.
0: Oh, that's cool.
2: Yeah. Like I absolutely. To me, that's an experience. I would I mean, there's pricing listed on the website from three hundred. Everything houses. around <laughs> that
0: should be Lancaster logs. There we yeah.
2: go. I was just gonna say, you know, there's no reason, in my opinion, Dan can't be doing something like this. Come
1: <laughs> on. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: look, some of them are wood. The whole thing, yeah. Right. Trees yeah. Trees.
2: They're really beautiful. Um, you know, I I would absolutely spend five hundred dollars a night to stay here. No
0: problem. You know, like, uh, yeah. I mean, you could offer a service too, Dan. Like, they could see how they're tied with the ropes. You could give the campground owner an eject button if they leave a big deal or they check out on time or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna check out when we say.
2: Yeah. good to go. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, they're, they're really beautiful. I think they'd be so cool, you know, for a couple of nights out hanging and literally hanging in a tree like that. I mean, I just, yeah, what a great experience. My kids would die to experience that. Yeah.
1: We'd love it. Yeah, this stuff has definitely blown my mind. I, I didn't even know this, this kind of stuff was out there. So I got to start keeping up with things a little bit. It's making me feel, uh, yeah, a little bit, uh, like, like I got to be a little more creative nowadays. Things <laughs> are changing so fast
2: right yeah there's there's so much creativity out there it's it's great to see um thank you to leslie uh, my favorite uh my favorite for sharing with us um she joins us every week and i i appreciate her joining in so much um yeah they're they're gorgeous leslie you should put some of these in your park
0: and it's it's safe from wildlife too right like you've got the light so you can see but the bears aren't coming anywhere near you you just have to worry probably about pterodactyls finally figure out jurassic park but other than that
2: yeah no no worries at all up there um yeah yeah, i i encourage leslie to install some of these in her park so that i can come there regularly and stay since she's so near me
0: yeah we're going to need a sponsored visit to leslie's park if she puts these in so we can do a show from there
2: (laughs) awesome going to find a sponsor. Maybe Free Spirit Spears will sponsor us. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Anyways, my whole point is, like, I, to me, I mean, arguably, considering like, square footage and, and amenities and things like that. I mean, 500 bucks a night or whatever I said I'd be willing to pay is a lot. But, um, yeah, it's that's so much Well, more. you've
0: set the benchmark now. Leslie was probably going to charge 400, and now she's going to up it.
2: Right on, Leslie. Good work. She's on it. She says, um, "I great. want it
0: comp, but you can charge Kara for hers."
2: Okay, <laughs> I always support my friends. I'll pay. No problem. I'll pay. For
0: mine too. Okay, no. Problem. There she just volunteered. It's on camera. Yeah. Now you're now we're on the hook for a thousand for both of them.
2: I love to support my friends and their businesses. I'll pay. No, no comps for me. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I. Uh, I would love to come and check out Gavin's unit as well. Uh, Gavin, how many how many units do you have out in Giovanni? Just is it just the one?
0: Oh, I think maybe we're having trouble hearing you now, Gavin. Oh, Might shit. be the internet.
2: Yeah. Well, regardless, I can I'm sure I can Google it and find out or email you after this. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I'd love to come check it out. Um, and then, yeah, Dan, let's, let's get some Lancaster log cabins up here in Canada.
1: Let's do it. Yep. I'm I'm on it for sure. Right on. Yeah. All
0: right. Anything you gentlemen want to close with? Uh, I know we've got some trouble with Gavin's audio and stuff. But Dan, is there anything else we should know about Lancaster? Uh,
1: thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, it was a pleasure, pleasure chat. And uh, yeah, I'm excited uh, to see where, where the industry goes. It's uh, things are changing so fast. So I, I I better be on my A game. So yeah.
0: Well, it sounds like you already are. If you're backed up and increasing production yeah, and all nice. that kind of stuff, I exactly. yeah. yeah, I think you're on your A game. Yeah,
1: yeah, you're not,
2: um, not doing anything wrong. Sounds like yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're uh, yeah. just Let's, giving you
0: ideas, keep you on your toes. That's all.
2: Yeah. <laughs> is, bring the rum. I'll provide the digs. So what yeah, could so possibly go wrong? Okay, so three, three tents this year. Awesome. Okay, cool. Three tents. I love it. Um, I'm sure you're probably booked, but I'll reach out.
0: All right. Well, thank you guys for joining us. I appreciate everybody watching another episode of MC Fireside Chats. Just a reminder, we are available on a podcast as well, so you can listen later. Uh, It's up on the website, mcfiresidechats.com. Really appreciate Dan stopping by, Gavin stopping by from MESC Outdoors, Lancaster Log Cabins, respectively. Uh, Looking forward to seeing what you gentlemen create and continue doing. In your case, Dan, uh, Kara, thanks as always. And we'll uh, next week. I think we're going to talk about news. It's the first of the month. Just kind of cover some of the recent articles and things that have been happening in the industry. Maybe we'll get a couple guests on for that. And we'll take a week off, and then we're going to do a super cool show about campground amenities. It's going to be from the most unique location that we've ever done before. Uh, mobile. We're not even going to be sitting in stationary. So uh, it's sure to be a disaster of some kind.
2: Yep, it's going to be terrible.
0: <laughs> so. All right, well thank you all again. I appreciate it. I uh, will see you guys next week.
2: Thanks, Thanks Have a good day.